0: Car, non mangia Las Vegas, e non mangia Miami. Con And you give your loyalty to a Jew before your own blood. This, oh, this is the mop-up for February sixteenth, twenty twenty-four. I'm David Feldman in New York City. Thank you for finding me, and don't forget to subscribe to my newsletter and this channel. Yesterday. I reported Japan officially slipped into recession after recording two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. And now, with a general election only months away, conservative Prime Minister Rishi Sunak woke up to news this morning that Great Britain also officially slipped into a recession. The United Kingdom's economy grew in 2023 by 0.1%. That's the worst performance since the Great Recession of 2009. Congratulations, Tories, conservatives. Congratulations, Rishi Sunak. I'm telling you, these, these fiscal conservatives, they really know how to take care of an economy. Just keep cutting back. Keep cutting back. Last week... Attorney General Merrick Garland was accused by Democrats of bending over backwards to avoid criticism from Republicans when he allowed the special counsel, Robert Hur, investigating Joe Biden's handling of classified documents to go public with an unredacted report that cleared Joe Biden of major crimes, but at the same time called into question our president's memory. Republicans immediately spun the report, saying the only reason Biden wasn't indicted is because he is no longer compos mentis. That made Harvard law professor Lawrence Tribe go after his former student, Attorney General Merrick Garland, and remind him that Garland should have never permitted the Republican special counsel to opine on biden's mental acuity but perhaps merrick garland was clearing the deck for thursday's big indictment of the house republicans key witness against joe biden in their impeachment probe that would be alexander smirnoff who was arrested on wednesday and charged with making false statements to the fbi when he said Burisma, the Ukrainian gas company, paid a $5 million bribe to Joe and Hunter Biden. That information has served as the backbone for the Biden impeachment probe, and it now appears as though prosecutors and a jury will settle it once and for all whether Joe Biden as vice president accepted a $5 million bribe from Burisma to demand Ukraine fire this guy, Ukraine's top prosecutor at the time, Viktor Shokin. This was, according to the Republicans, it was an attempt to shield Burisma from getting charged with financial irregularities and corruption. This arrest of Smirnoff on Wednesday and the upcoming trial strikes at the very core of the Republicans' flimsy case against Joe Biden and Hunter. Especially, especially since the arrest came out of the office of special counsel David Weiss, who indicted Hunter Biden on three felony tax offenses and six demeanor tax offenses. This is really bad for the Republicans, but what isn't? And nothing stops them, except Election Day. House Republicans in charge of the Biden impeachment probe insist they have evidence that Vice President Joe Biden, when he was Vice President, traveled to Ukraine in 2016 to warn Ukraine that a one Billion dollar international loan was contingent upon the firing of Viktor Shokin, Ukraine's top prosecutor. Why? Because Biden, get ready for this, was being paid to protect Burisma from criminal prosecution. That's the $5 million bribe. Shut down Viktor Shokin. Now, Hunter Biden sat on the company's board of directors, and he did, in fact, sit on the board of directors of Burisma. And it is true that he wasn't qualified. He doesn't speak Ukrainian and doesn't know anything about gas. Nobody's disputing this. What is disputed by Biden, Democrats, and anybody who reads is that Joe and Hunter accepted a $5 million bribe to push for the Ukrainian prosecutor's ouster in order to protect Burisma. Alexander Smirnov, who was arrested Wednesday in a Las Vegas airport, was the key confidential witness upon which Republicans have built their case against Joe and Hunter Biden. But the FBI and the Justice Department have now charged Smirnoff, the House Republicans' key witness, with making false accusations against the Bidens. Of course, Republicans are are now charging Biden with weaponizing his Justice Department by turning it into his own palace guard and ordering them to arrest Smirnoff But facts are facts. Facts are facts. Joe Biden, when he was vice president, did in fact travel to Ukraine in 2016. And he did, in fact, relay a message from President Obama, as well as the European Union, and the entire international banking community. And that message was... Ukraine's lead prosecutor, Viktor Shokin, had to go. Otherwise, an international $1 billion loan guarantee from the West would be canceled. The West wanted Shokin fired, not because he was looking into corruption. They wanted him fired because he wasn't looking into corruption, Ukraine is an incredibly corrupt country and is controlled by dirty, filthy oligarchs with stolen money. Obama and the EU wanted in 2016, before 2016, they were trying to pull Ukraine into the Western orbit away from Russia. But Biden told them that's never going to happen until you get rid of the gangsters. We can't do business with you until you get rid of the gangsters. And that means you gotta get rid of Shokin because he ain't prosecuting them. Now, you have Google. This is from the Irish Times. It's a headline from 2016 from the Irish Times. I just chose the Irish Times because I love the Irish. Here's the headline. European Union hails sacking of Ukraine's prosecutor Viktor Shokin. Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna connect the Republicans' dots on this to show you how full of it they are. Okay, now the Republicans, they want voters to believe that the entire European Union. The international banking community, Barack Obama, and our State Department made Ukraine's $1 billion loan guarantee back in 2016, contingent upon Viktor Shokin's firing, because the Bidens had just been offered a $5 million bribe from Burisma, and Obama... Everybody else wanted to assist Vice President Joe Biden in making sure that the check cleared on that $5 million bribe. Okay, That's, that is what the Republicans are presenting. Well, nobody believes that. Nobody believes that Obama, the EU and the Western bankers guaranteeing the $1 billion loan, were all in on this to protect the International Biden Crime Syndicate. And if you think I'm joking, you need to pay attention. We have Republicans in the House of Representatives referring to the International Biden Crime Syndicate. Now, here's the thing about all this. It's complicated. If you try to try to figure out the Republican narrative, it's intentionally complicated. You're not supposed to be able to follow this. But the lie that they tell can be reduced into, but not disproven with a two-second sound bite. That's the genius of the Republican smear machine they 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 have a lie a complicated lie that can be reduced into but not disproven with a two second soundbite now i just disproved it because this is a podcast so i can talk in paragraphs the republicans and it started with rudy and steve bannon peddling the hunter biden laptop story back in 2016 They are very good at connecting imaginary dots to dream up a conspiracy that they then reduce to a soundbite. The soundbite is Joe Biden took a $5 million bribe from Burisma to force the Ukraine prosecutor to get fired so he wouldn't look, look into Hunter Biden's shady business dealings. Boom. Nice easy, digestible, goes down smooth on Fox News or with Republicans speaking uh, before a bank of microphones. And when you ask them to prove the lie, they throw dirt in your eyes with imaginary connections and outlandish conspiracies implying As I just showed you by connecting all the dots, that the entire West was in on the scheme because Joe Biden is running an international (laughs) crime syndicate. I love Joe Biden, but he can barely (laughs) run the White House. He's uh, not El Chapo. Uh, I wish he were. The point to all this is you're not supposed to be able to follow any reasoning. There is no reasoning to this conspiracy. It's a theory masked as an accusation. It's designed to be impossible to follow. You're not supposed... Benghazi, can anybody explain Benghazi? Now, do me a favor... Rewind the last five minutes and listen to it all over again, because I just explained to you what they're peddling. I connected all their imaginary dots, and I know most of you, including me, couldn't follow what I was saying. It's impossible, but there is a conspiracy. I rewind it, listen to it a couple of times, and you'll see that it is absolute horse Trump. I don't want to say shit, so we'll just say horse Trump. Uh, So I connected the imaginary dots to show you how outlandish these claims are. And in all seriousness, for the Republicans in the House to waste everyone's time and money on this, they know it's horse Trump This is gross malfeasance. It is irresponsible to be doing this when we have, oh, I don't know, five years left on the planet. But then again, when you're taking money from the oil companies, this is what you're being paid to do. Distract and deflect with nonsense. Representative Jamie Raskin is the ranking Democrat on House Oversight. That's one of the three committees assigned to this ridiculous Republican impeachment probe. And after Smirnov's indictment, Raskin called the impeachment inquiry doomed and nonsensical. He then formally requested that the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, and Republican Jim Comer, the chairman of the House Oversight Committee, he formally asked them, to put an end to this ridiculous investigation. Never, never going to happen. Instead, Robert Hur, the special counsel, the Republican who said he won't prosecute Joe Biden for his handling of classified documents, that guy, he's scheduled to testify before Jim Jordan's House Judiciary Committee on March 12th so Republicans can get to the bottom of President Biden's mental incapacitation, right? That's because her, a Republican, issued a report last week saying his investigation revealed Biden kind of mishandled classified documents, but haven't we all? And her said, I'm not going to press charges since it would be, he said, impossible to find a jury willing to convict a well intentioned old man with a faulty memory. Nobody asked him to look into Biden's memory. His report stated that Joe Biden's memory was so bad he couldn't remember the years he was vice president or when his son died. Now, her was charged with investigating Biden's handling of classified documents, not his cognitive decline. Her is a lawyer, barely, not a doctor. By the way, Herr also said in this report that Biden's handling of classified documents paled in comparison to Donald Trump's flagrant disregard for classified documents, refusing to turn them over even during a court-ordered FBI search of Mar-a-Lago which, by the way, is worth, if he's lucky, $30 million. The Daily Beast reports this morning that more than two dozen House Democrats complained to the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, because he authorized Pastor Patrick Gibbs to serve as congressional guest pastor on January 30th and deliver the body's morning prayer, which they shouldn't be doing. They should not be starting uh, their mornings with a prayer. But anyway, they do it. And uh, Pastor Gibbs, according to uh, more than two dozen House Democrats in their letter of complaint, Pastor Gibbs attended Donald Trump's January 6th rally on the Ellipse, and he called the people who stormed the Capitol heroes. This is a pastor, by the way. He still insists Joe Biden stole the election, as Jesus would. Jesus would say that. He has called Islam a death cult that Christianity Christianity is at war with. He accused Jews of being in a stupor, adding, only a real Jew worships Jesus. Yes, only a real Jew worships Jesus. That's like saying only a real woman is a man. The good pastor also supports gay conversion therapy, which human rights organizations call torture. Well, of course, this homophobic, anti-Semitic Islamophobe was invited to give the morning prayer. He might as well be Mike Johnson's twin brother. Mike Johnson, as a lawyer, was a proponent of gay conversion therapy. That's what he used to do. He used to defend gay conversion therapy. The House of Representatives, and I'm not making this up, adjourned. Sorry. I shouldn't laugh at stupid people. It's not nice. The House of Representatives adjourned yesterday for a 13-day vacation. A well-deserved vacation. And they come back on the 28th of February when they will have only days to pass that budget that they haven't. This reminds me of high school when I was supposed to do all my college applications. I kept waiting the last minute. Maybe I'll take a gap year. Uh, They come back on the 28th. Because they've been shooting baskets with Jeff and Howie and smoking dope. Uh, you know, when they should be filling out their college applications. So they come back. This is just a bunch of high school juniors. It's all. This is all they are, these Republicans. Uh, they come back on the 28th after a pretty much a two week vacation when they will have only days to pass a budget or kick the can down the road again and try to pass a continuing resolution to forestall a limited government shutdown, which turns into a full scale government shutdown about a week later. And it will be the the Democrats fault. they will blame the Democrats for this. Let's let's be clear here though because I deal in facts. The Republicans took the House back in January of 2023. They have yet to pass a budget for 2024, right? You're supposed to get the budget ready and done by October 1st of 2023 for 2024. Haven't done it yet. And work, I hate to break it to you, Mike Johnson, But work on the 2025 budget is supposed to get started right about now so it can be in operation by October 1st of 2024. That's the calendar. Instead, once again, because the Republicans will be looking at a partial government shutdown in two weeks and then a full blown government shutdown about a week after that. Good work, real competence. Should be proud of yourself, Moses. He actually said he's Moses because, like Moses, he hasn't done an effing thing in 6,000 years. Mike Johnson, he's the speaker, somebody should tell him that, has also backed down on moving any bill forward to reform Section 702 of the Foreign Intelligence Act, which expired on December 31st and was temporarily reauthorized in its current iteration until April. Now, as Section 702 stands right now, the FBI is able, without a warrant, to look over the NSA's electronic surveillance of any American citizen who communicates with a foreign national without a warrant. This is a bipartisan issue both Democrats and Republicans both the ACLU and the John Birch Society want to fix section 702 this should be a slam dunk but Mike Johnson can't resolve a territorial dispute between House Judiciary Chair Jim Jordan and House Intelligence Chair Mike Turner who both have competing bills. Now, Turner, head of the House Intelligence Committee, issued a somewhat jumbled warning on Thursday that there's information Russia, you know, he's head of the Intelligence Committee, so he gets intelligence, and he said there, there's some information that Russia has a new anti-satellite rocket with nuclear capability that could pose a serious national security threat. And this news was confirmed by the White House, which called Russia's anti-satellite weapon troubling because they're going to be able to shoot our satellites out of the, the sky. And you won't be able to watch TikTok. Now, we're talking about Mike Turner. He's a Republican. And we're also talking about russia and republicans jumped on turner he's a republican but republicans jumped on turner accusing him of creating anti-russian hysteria and demanded his head they demanded his head Republican Andy Ogles of Tennessee called on Speaker Mike Johnson. This is Republican on Republican violence. Republican Andy Ogles of Tennessee immediately called on Speaker Mike Johnson to remove Turner as chair of the House Intelligence Committee, accusing Turner of being an anti-Russian alarmist trying to gin up support for two things funding of Ukraine's war against Russia and Turner's own version of the bill reauthorizing Section 702 instead of Jim Jordan's bill reauthorizing Section 702. They have two separate bills. Jordan's bill prevents the FBI from snooping without a warrant, while Turner's is more in line with the status quo. I think it's a little complicated because I think Jim Jordan's bill is stronger on civil liberties than Mike Turner's is, but Jim Jordan's bill is also also lighter on Russia. But do you see how Republicans jump through hoops for vladimir putin this is puppetry of the putin did you ever see the the play puppetry of the penis this is puppetry of the putin i've had a lot of guests on this show they are anti hillary leftists who still insist putin had nothing to do with 2016 and that russiagate was a figment of the dnc I've asked them to read the Mueller report. I asked them to read the Durham report, which couldn't, but tried to disprove the Mueller report. And now I'm asking if you still believe Russiagate was nonsense. Are you watching what's going on right now? Trump constantly promising to pull out of NATO Trump saying he welcomes Putin invading any NATO country that doesn't pay its dues? Joe Biden has been trying to get a Ukraine supplemental passed since last September. And that money would be given to Ukraine so it can fight a proxy war with Russia. And the Russians have been tying it up with border twaddle. It's Biden's fault. He initially packaged Ukraine funding with a border supplemental. But now the Republicans say no funding for Ukraine unless we do something for the border. But we can't do anything for the border because Donald Trump said, don't touch that. Do not touch that. That's mine. And I don't want Democrats, and especially Joe Biden, getting any credit for fixing the border that's a fact okay and just yesterday we have republican mike turner the republican house intelligence committee he expresses concern that russia is shooting anti-satellite missiles into the sky and republicans immediately turn on him for promoting not just anti-russia hysteria but using that hysteria to get the Ukraine supplemental passed, So the the Republicans are out of the closet. They are openly admitting that they just don't want to fund Ukraine. They want Putin to win. They're rooting Tutin Putin supporters. Russia... State-owned news, TASS, reports this morning that Russian leader Vladimir Putin told an interviewer that he hopes Joe Biden beats Donald Trump in November. Putin said, when it comes to relations with America, Russia will be much better off with a more experienced and predictable old-school politician like Joe Biden than they would be with Trump, who he, Putin said, tends to be a loose cannon. Well, I guess that settles it. Uh, I'm wrong about Russiagate. And, I mean, we should always take Vladimir Putin at his word. He wants Biden to win, not Trump. So that means no collusion. Because one thing is for certain, if a former KGB agent turned megalomaniac, if he's going to install Donald Trump inside the Oval Office as a Russian asset, the first thing he would do is tell everyone. You know, for bragging rights, and, you know, more importantly, the KGB is all about full transparency. When they have a mole, they are honor-bound to reveal who it is. So I take back what I said Vladimir Putin does not control the Republican Party. I apologize. I'm completely wrong, because Putin just said he's hoping Biden wins. I trust him. March 25th. March 25th. Mark it down on your calendar. That's when Donald Trump becomes the first American president ever to go on trial in a criminal courtroom. Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg indicted Trump last year, charging him with violating campaign finance law and felony fraud in covering up hush money payments made to porn star Stormy Daniels in the lead-up to the 2016 presidential campaign. The judge in the case on Thursday issued a pre-trial rebuke warning Trump's attorneys to knock it off, stop wasting everyone's time trying to delay the trial. This is what they do. Donald Trump takes millions and millions of dollars from the the idiots who donate to him, and he hands it over to attorneys who just are working to play out the clock. Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis, who indicted Donald Trump along with 18 co-defendants for election interference, testified on Thursday amid allegations that she benefited financially from a romantic relationship with Nathan Wade, the lead prosecutor in the RICO trial. Wade also testified Thursday, saying the two prosecutors had a brief relationship, but have now broken it off. Madam DA was having none of it when she took the stand during the evidentiary hearing. When Alan Stockton identified himself as Rudy Rudy Giuliani's attorney, Funny Willis responded, Clients who can't pay their bills aren't clients. You don't want to mess with this woman. Michael Roman, a former Trump election official, is the indicted co conspirator who filed the motion to get Funny Willis disqualified because of the romantic relationship with Nathan Wade. His lawyer somehow, miraculously, stumbled over this secret relationship, and then Trump lawyers said, Really? We didn't know about this, wink, wink. And so the Trump lawyers jumped in, claiming the entire trial gets thrown out because Willis's relationship with Nathan Wade, let's connect the dots here, proves Fonnie Willis has a conflict of interest, and therefore <laughs> Donald Trump is innocent. It's, uh, you know, charisma. It's the Hunter Biden five million. Let's connect the dots here. Okay. Uh, So, okay. So, Fonnie Willis was dating Nathan Wade. And the conflict of interest is what? That she wasn't dating Donald Trump and therefore what? Explain it to me. Explain to me what the conflict of interest is. How is it remotely a conflict of interest? Anybody with even the slightest amount of reason knows Judge McAfee is going to rule that this has absolutely nothing to do with Trump or the 18 other defendants. There's no conflict of interest, just mud getting tossed so they can delay, delay, delay. When Roman's attorney Yesterday began questioning her. Willis interrupted and said, I think you're confused. You think I'm on trial. These people, your clients, are on trial for trying to steal an election in 2020. Willis then turned to the presiding judge and said, This attorney, Roman's attorney, her interests are contrary to democracy truth. Throughout her testimony, she repeatedly (laughs) called Roman's attorney a liar. When asked if she benefited financially by hiring Nathan Wade, Madam DA responded, quote, I don't need anything from a man. A man is not a plan. A man is a companion. I don't need anything anybody to foot my bills. The only man who has foot my bills completely is my daddy. Unquote. Fonnie Willis's daddy, by the way, is an ex-black panther, who, like Jim Jordan and Clarence Thomas's wife Ginny, attended law school. But unlike Jim Jordan and Clarence Thomas's wife Ginny, he passed the bar and got to practice law and instill justice within his daughter. You got it? You got it? Funny Willis and her ex Black Panther father passed the bar and can practice law. Jim Jordan, chairman of the House. Judiciary Committee and Ginny Thomas who's married to Clarence Thomas a Supreme Court Justice the longest serving justice we have right now Jim Jordan and Ginny Thomas are too stupid to pass the bar they went to law school but they were too stupid to pass the bar And yet, nobody ever asked Jim Jordan about that. Reporters seem to look the other way, the same way Jim Jordan looked the other way while members of his wrestling team were getting molested. Lawyers for the defense are asking the presiding judge to disqualify Fannie Willis, along with her entire staff, and move the SRECO trial, to another prosecutor's office. So, let's connect the dots. There are no dots, so let's connect the imaginary dots. What this nonsense comes down to is, when did Fonnie Willis and Nathan Wade begin their romantic relationship? If the romantic relationship began as Fonnie Willis testified after she hired Nathan Wade to prosecute Trump, then there won't be a problem. But if she was romantically involved with Nathan Wade and then hired him, it could possibly expose her to accusations of lying about the nature of their relationship. Uh, To put it another way, who the F cares? Donald Trump is a rapist. Donald Trump is a rapist. But some are suggesting Fannie Willis had a responsibility to report her romantic relationship with Nathan Wade to the court. Again, just connecting the dots. This is, you know, there's a lot of mud being thrown at Nathan Wade and Fonnie Willis, and you use a little critical thinking and you turn down the noise and look for the signal and find out. Well, wh- 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 where's the crime and wh- why is this a scandal? Nothing. You know, you take the mud out of your eyes. There's nothing there. It has nothing to do with the guilt or innocence of the 19 co-defendants. All this is was a legal maneuver to harm the district attorney's reputation and try to disqualify her on a technicality. I mean, they're not going to succeed. This is about delaying the game. Delay, delay, delay. Now, the idea behind this, the lawyers are being paid millions of dollars by Trump's idiot donors. So they're creating busy work to delay. And then they have to justify their billing. Like, well, Trump's going, why are you doing this? Why are we? And they're going to say to Trump, well, we're looking for a technicality. So this is their plan. Uh, if they can get McAfee, the judge, to shut down. Fonnie Willis's prosecution of Trump. That means it would be left to Republican Pete Scandalakis, who is the director of the state of Georgia's prosecuting attorney's counsel. He would theoretically pluck the RICO trial out of Fulton County and plant it inside a Trump friendly prosecutor's office from a white and rural. Backwater racist part of Georgia. You know, like Marjorie Taylor Greene's district. That's the plan. Scandalakis, you can't spell Scandalakis without scandal. Scandalakis, according to Slate Magazine, would be granted much latitude in determining when or if the prosecution even resumed. He could just... Shut it down. That's what they're telling Trump. You're giving us millions of dollars. This is, if we can get the technicality, if we can get the Fulton County DA's office shut down and and we move the case, uh, we, we can get a Republican uh, to just make it disappear. That's the plan. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Now, presumably... A Republican, like Scandalakis, would feel obligated to postpone the trial until after the November election. If Trump wins, and he's not going to win, then that trial presumably would have to be postponed until after Trump leaves office. Although, that is subject to debate, And would probably be left for the Supreme Court to decide. Now, there is an ironclad case against Trump in this RICO trial. Ironclad. He is on tape, and we've all heard him trying to get the Georgia Secretary of State to find him the votes he needs. So what's going on? This is what happens when someone like Donald Trump can spend millions and millions and millions of donation dollars on attorneys. The attorneys take that money and try to win dirty by finding imaginary dirt. They work the court of public opinion because they can't work the courtroom, and they get the trial delayed Based on a technicality, Donald Trump has lived his entire adult life with hundreds and hundreds of lawsuits hanging over his head. Audits, tax audits, unresolved tax audits that go on for years. He's in his comfort zone. He's an expert at getting sued, being sued and up until now, avoiding criminal prosecution. The Fulton County District Attorney, Fonnie Willis, and Nathan Wade, they are getting Donald Trump's tried-and-true full-court press. The full-court press, he learned from mafia lawyer Roy Cohn. The full-court press started with nonstop racially tinged death threats which required Fannie Willis and her entire staff to get round-the-clock protection. They're oftentimes being told to work out of their home. Don't come in today. It's not safe. Do so you think that might be why she and Nathan Wade took a few vacations together? I don't know. Hearing the N-word and the C-word from people threaten to kill you every day, uh, I hear that gets exhausting. I hear that can kind of wear you down. You might want to take a vacation. Donald Trump let loose a swarm of private investigators shaking out the cushions and looking under the couch to find any suggestion of improper behavior so his lawyers could then use it to undermine Fonnie Willis's credibility, possibly destroy her reputation and her life. She didn't break the law. She didn't do anything wrong. Donald Trump did. But it doesn't matter. This is mobster stuff. Trump is an expert at terrifying and then humiliating anyone who gets in his way because he's a gangster. A mobster. And that's precisely why Fonnie Willis has turned this into a RICO trial. Rico trials were designed to prosecute hoodlums. If you read the indictment, she defines Donald Trump's re-election campaign as a criminal enterprise. It is or it was. And Trump is proving she's right. This is this is his defense. The way he defends himself, he's defending himself like a hoodlum because the evidence is stacked against him. And that's what the mafia does when the evidence is stacked against them. Intimidate and destroy. Intimidate and destroy prosecutors, witnesses, and jurors. We've already seen this. Last year, We over and over again, countless times last year, and not once did this repulsive, ignorant thug, Donald Trump, tell his supporters to knock it off. Judge Arthur N. Gorin in the civil fraud trial, bomb scares. Judge Tanya Chutkin, the presiding judge in the D.C. Into, uh, election interference case, swatting, death threats, and of course the special counsel Jack Smith, have all been provided security because of the swatting, the bomb scares and the death threats. The jurors in last month's Eugene Carroll trial were kept secret for fear for their safety. And we're supposed to act like this is all normal, but it's part of the what? The game? It's a game? No. It's not a game. This is fascism. This is the definition of fascism. Now, let me ask the Republicans. You mean to tell me there isn't anyone, the Republican Party, anybody else you can't find to nominate to push through all the policies that Trump promises to push through? Of course, there are other candidates who could push through all the legislation or try to push through, maybe even better, than, than Donald Trump could. But this isn't about policy. In 2020, the Republican Party did not have a platform. Did you know that? When, when Trump ran for re-election for the first time in the Republican Party's history, they had no platform. There was no platform to read to find out what Republicans stood for or against, because the platform was Donald Trump. That is fascism. The entire party is terrified of Donald Trump. And Donald Trump is terrified of Vladimir Putin. And they know, Putin and Trump, know exactly how to take the millions upon millions of ignorant Americans and make them feel like they know something we don't. Now, I've been getting a lot of pushback for insisting Trump voters are stupid. You don't need to say that. That's not nice. Well-intentioned idiots who listen to this show say, you shouldn't call people stupid. It's a difference of opinion. This isn't a difference of opinion. It's a clinical diagnosis. If you vote for Trump, you are stupid and you're dangerous. Uh, one of my listeners reminded me of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He was a Lutheran minister in Germany who was executed by the Nazis for speaking out against Hitler. And awaiting execution, he wrote, and I've read this quote before, but one of my listeners in the comments section reminded me of this, uh, and it bears repeating. Now, I'm going to read, it's, it was written in German, the uh, the, uh, uh It's a little stilted, but uh, this is what he said about stupid people. Lutheran minister Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was critical of Hitler and was executed for that. Awaiting execution, he wrote, Upon closer observation, it becomes apparent that every strong upsurge of power in the public sphere, political power, be it of political power or, he says, religious nature, but he's talking about an upsurge of power in the public sphere. He says it infects a large part of humankind with stupidity. The power of the one needs the stupidity of the other. The the power of the megalomaniac needs the stupidity of the other goes on to say it seems that under the overwhelming impact of rising power humans rising fascism is what he's talking about over the uh, it seems that under the overwhelming impact of rising power humans are deprived of their inner independence and more or less consciously give up establishing an autonomous position toward the emerging circumstances The fact that the stupid person is often stubborn must not blind us to the fact that he is not independent. In conversation with him, one virtually feels that one is dealing not at all with him as a person, but with slogans, catchwords, and the like that have taken possession of him. He is under a spell, blinded, misused, and abused in his very being. Having thus become a mindless tool, the stupid person will also be capable of any evil, and at the same time incapable of saying that it is evil. This is where the danger Of diabolical misuse lurks. For it is this that can once and for all destroy human beings. Rewind and listen. Trump destroys human beings. Has there anybody, is there anybody, any institution? that this monster hasn't destroyed? And you you say to yourself, how does he get away with it? Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin. Read the Mueller report. Why do people bend? You have an ex-KGB megalomaniac who may be the richest person in the world. And he's sowing dissent around the West, using his money. And if that don't work, he's got the compromise. He's got the picture of you with the young boy that you don't want your wife to know about. That's how Trump gets away with it. Anyway, I really recommend and thank you to the listener in the comments section who uh, reminded me of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, what he said about stupid people. So uh, with all due respect to the well-intentioned idiots who say it's not becoming to call Trump supporters stupid, you're better than that. No, you're stupid for saying that. You're stupid. These people are stupid and dangerous and they're going to get us all killed and uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the Lutheran minister. Read that quote every day and then go out into the world and call these Trump supporters what they are. Stupid. Ask. ask? Well, I don't want to get too mean. I do, actually. But anyway, the news cycle... Is going very poorly today for Madame D.A. because the entire story for her, I'm talking about Fonnie Willis and Nathan Wade and the mud that's being thrown, that means nothing. Uh, but the story is, you know, the mainstream media gobbles it up because it's been reframed into a digestible nugget. Did she or didn't she? Did she or didn't she what? Well, did she lie about her relationship with Nathan Wade? Who cares? It's perfect for stupid people. It is a topic that easily burns through the Internet. It's just noise. It's just noise. It was on television for everyone to see. It was dramatic. had nothing to do with the RICO trial and it's perfect for the Trump smear machine. Make noise, make noise. Now, I suspect the judge in this case who presided over Thursday's evidentiary hearing, uh, I think he may fine Trump's lawyers. Uh, I suspect, however, if... Fonnie Willis did in fact mislead the court about her relationship. Uh, Trump's a rapist. Uh, Donald Trump is a rapist. But if Fonnie Willis did in fact mislead the court about her relationship, who cares, but to appear judicious, the judge might slap her with a little fine. A little fine. Despite what the Trump lawyers are doing, it would be nothing short of a travesty of justice. It's not going to happen. It would be a travesty of justice for the entire Fulton County District Attorney's Office to be shut down, or at least have this case taken away from it because of a romantic relationship and whatever money the two spent on their travel. It it's unimaginable that this judge would take this Rico trial away from Fonnie Willis over a quote unquote improper relationship. Because Donald Trump He's a rapist. Nobody got raped. Had nothing to do with the trial. Nobody was sexually harassed. It was maybe, I don't even know if there was sex involved. It was a friendship. But because a man and a woman they automatically jump to sex and romance. And we're not, nobody knows, and it's nobody's business. Because Donald Trump is a rapist. 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 Donald Trump was found guilty of rape. Donald Trump is a rapist. Say that every day until November. I was talking to my sister about this you have a a moral obligation to say out loud, Donald Trump is a rapist. Say it to everybody. Instead of saying good morning at work, say, hey, Donald Trump is a rapist. Hey, it's Wednesday. TGI, Donald Trump is a rapist. Donald Trump is a rapist. So, I... I'm absolutely positive that this judge is not going to take the case away from Fonnie Willis. Unless, of course, Trump's lawyers also have dirt on the judge. I'm David Feldman reminding you to stay strong and protect the weak, unless they're stupid, in which case crush them. Remind them every day they are stupid, ignorant, hateful, and dangerous. Keep reminding Trump supporters they're stupid. And never forget, never forget that Donald Trump is a rapist and that Fonnie Willis and her Black Panther daddy both went to law school and passed the bar and that Jim Jordan and Ginny Thomas both went to law school and couldn't pass the bar because they're stupid. And stupid people support and defend Donald Trump, who is a rapist. Thank you for listening. Uh, Thank you to everybody in the chat room. I didn't do a poll today. I'm going to try to do a show on Saturday. I probably am going to take tomorrow off because it's Donald Trump is a rapist. And I figure, you know, I'd like to have some time off. The the Donald Trump is a rapist is coming up. And uh, so I figure uh, I'll do a show on Saturday when I... Should probably take the entire Donald Trump is a rapist off and come back and do a show on Monday. But uh, I'm not. I'm going to spend part of the Donald Trump is a rapist working on a show. So I'll probably do a show late, Donald Trump is a rapist night. That would be the day after Donald Trump is a rapist. Okay, I'm okay. I just need my meds.